Welcome to the Smithereens Podcast. This is your co-host, Jared. And this is your co-host, Tom. And today we're talking about emerging technologies. Tom, who do we have on today? On today's episode, we're joined once again by Colin Whitman. And for the first time ever, uh, Devin Jeffrey, our UI UX manager, uh, joins us to talk about Tesla's AR, VR, that weird face app that took all of our photos from Russia. (laughs) A lot of nerdy shit today. So please enjoy, (laughs) sit back, put your headphones on and hear about technology. Enjoy it. Enjoy. Well, a good thing about that, Devin, is, you know, if if uh, if you guys split, you might have enough uh, money to finally get a Tesla, right? Oh, Maybe. We actually wow. saw one today. There's one, there's one parked right outside of the building. That's true. Took but, a good, good hard look inside it, and then I realized if this person <laughs> is at like a restaurant nearby, I'm just peering in their car. <laughs> yeah. You look like kind of a crazy person. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. why I kind of backed up because I probably would have been the one getting arrested. But <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's a sweet car. Yeah, yeah. And that, sick. that that cockpit is like crazy. It's like the biggest. It's like the the screen is the size of my laptop. It's bigger. Yeah, or, or it's bigger. like 17 inches. Yeah. There's no buttons in the car. You've been wanting to get a Tesla for a long time. At all? No. No buttons. Yeah, no buttons. No. Nothing. It's all on that. Like the, the whole steering wheel, everything is just smooth. Like wow. the the sunroof, everything is all controlled. That's insane. On there. Yeah. So have you have you ever like sat in one? Yeah. Okay. In in California. This oh, was really? like this was like a couple of years ago. So you've seen like the screen in action? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't like play around with it too much because there's a huge line of like people that just sit in it you know, sure. in like a shopping center but yeah it's like bizarre when you sit in it because usually cars like newer ones too just have thousands of buttons everywhere like right, even right, on right. The, the windshield wiper thing um but yeah this was just completely smooth and like tons of space and it wow. felt like a cockpit it was Man. weird so when you saw that um when, when you sat in one i mean i know the entire time that i've been here <clears throat> I've known you to have like a fascination with these, uh, maybe almost obsession with these yes. with these cars. Um, That's were, were you already working in like UI and UX when you sat in one when when you did like to kind of actually experience it? Yeah, that I was just starting to get like pretty heavy into it, so I probably didn't appreciate like the screen portion of it. Okay, like as much as I would now. Sure, but. I appreciated it turning like what I thought a car was just upside down. Sure. And like, it was something that I've never, it was so different from anything I've like sat in. Right. And like what I thought a new car should look like. And I was like, wow, this is, this seems better. I like, (laughs) I didn't really know anything about it at the time. And I, that was like my first like time looking into a Tesla like that closely. And I was like, this just feels like, the future yeah you know what, what, I mean? it, what it should be yeah i guess right yeah like the next step like it seems like with every year there's like new features in cars but this right. seemed like the first leap like going from like a, a normal flip phone to like the iphone in like yeah. 2007 but sure. I, so I, I think there's an interesting split even in that analogy where like you're saying oh rethink what i what, what a car can be mm-hmm. and that i totally understand what you're saying but that's an internal thing mm-hmm. when you're standing outside a tesla like sure it's sleek yeah, all that, but it's still identifiably a car, right? Right, but right. then you get inside and it's oh, this is different, right? right? right so like right. it's still, you know, and that's that's evolution, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like it's still a form that we see that we're familiar with, but it's it's coming into a new spot. So. Yeah, and it's designers taking things that we don't realize are well, not really problems, but things that could be so much better, um, sure, and and like improving on it. So it's things that we just take like for granted and we're just like oh it has to be this way like i have to put my key in the door to yeah, unlock yeah, it yeah. they have like to open the door you use like a it's like a wallet sized card and it senses when you get near it and then the door handles pull open yeah, so that, then you can you can crazy. open it and it can tell if you're going to walk by it like if you're just going to walk past it it doesn't pull sure. out but if you're walking at an angle towards the front door it'll unlock it wow. so it can even sense like that far how do you so, un- what about unlocking like other doors? Like if you have to like unlock the passenger door and all that stuff. Yeah, I think like, it. What? I'm pretty sure it can sense that too, that's, or maybe it just does all of them at once. Wow. But yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's crazy. It's yeah. it's bizarre and it's weird because it's like go back 20 years and tell people that they're gonna unlock their car and start their car with a 
like a wallet sized card yeah and that's like their key to their card yeah has anyone adapted uh, you know their idea i'm probably i'm sure not to the same extent and uh but has anyone adapted like since they've kind of come onto the market with those have other car manufacturers like adapted to that change or like promoted that change do you have any idea there's none that i know of that are that far advanced in like the tech like space yeah um obviously there's other electric cars that are probably on par as far as like battery and motor and stuff because tesla opened their patents right because right. they want competition <laughs> yeah I, I would challenge like so and again i i don't at all disagree that this is next generation stuff with a tesla but like my car i drive a jeep mm-hmm. and it's a fob it's very right. not at all identifiably a key. Mm-hmm. It's, sure. it's so it's not a it's not like a wallet size like card either. But it's sure. also it's already, you know, sort of disambiguated from the the, the idea of of a key. I don't think mm-hmm. disam, I don't think disambiguated was correct there yeah. for the record. But like, uh, um, so, so, so it's just it's, but so it's still something you put in your wallet or whatnot. And like yeah. So there's just even like things. So it's not necessarily radical, but it's yeah. like enough of a shift that feels different. Yeah, and I think for me, it's when I think of like that subtle little difference. When I leave the house, I check wallet, phone, keys. People with this just wallet, phone. Like they don't have to remember. Sure. I guess they're house keys. And, and stuff, if you got one of these bad boys, yeah, that's just it. Phone. That does it too. Yeah. Phone, phone. I'm looking up like if I can see what one looks like. A Tesla oh, or like a card a to get into the Tesla thing. Yeah. Just the way you order it, too. You can just go on the website and in two and a half minutes order a car and it gets <laughs> delivered to your house and wow. you have seven days to try it. If you don't like it, you can send it back. No That's problem. That's insane. Like, it just, they they flipped, like, instead of going to a dealership. Sure. All that annoying stuff that, like, I wouldn't want to go and haggle. And, like, yeah, I don't, right. I, I feel like they're going to know that I'm a sucker and I don't know that much about cars. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. All those preconceptions one of those things that like even at 28 years old i still want to go with my dad so i don't feel like i'm being swindled right right and it's like for me it's 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 just the anxiety of like knowing what's what i want like i'm very like when i'm making big purchases like tvs or anything like that like i'm very like i just want to get in and get out and it's like oh this is like the best one i'm like great give it to me because i don't want i don't want to make any more decisions yeah so it's like not having to kind of go through that face to face and I can like buy something online like that. I think it, it would make me buy that product that much more. Right. So, so I mean, so we've kind of covered very quickly all the different ways that like Tesla has changed a lot in the, or, or is a driving force for change in the automotive industry. But Jared, earlier today you were like talking about how to, I guess to play the other side of this coin, uh, you were talking about how you saw someone driving a Tesla and when you drove by them, they were, what were they doing? Yeah, I was coming home from work the other day and I was like making a left turn. And, uh, you know, so obviously the opposite traffic was at the at the light. And some lady had a really nice new Tesla and she had a, a, a book over, over the steering wheel, like reading, reading a book while at the light. And it kind of like, I was like, what the hell? And so it kind of, it kind of made me nervous. And I've, I've ridden in a Tesla before and not, like, um, you know, the self-driving, that aspect wasn't on there, but you know, they're, they're, very, they're great cars. So I guess I don't under, I never rid in one. So I don't, I don't want to say, Hey, you're doing that wrong. Or like, you shouldn't be doing that. Cause I don't, I don't know what the full functionality is, but it is kind of scary when you think about it. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, and I'm sure they have like the, the pressure weighted steering wheels, stuff of like that. So y- you need to be uh, somewhat engaged, you know, for yeah. the car to, to have that functionality you have to, but, to some degree yeah just like so i feel like so many variables happen not from you but from other drivers that like you just want that person to not lose any focus mm-hmm. and that was, and that's what scares me yeah well I, I mean i think with anything you know so today's topic is is technology and how design corresponds to that so you know i don't know if design was necessarily a thing for you uh devin that drew you to tesla's would you say that is, or the technology behind it, or a combination of the two? I think it was the combination of the two. Because like I said, I didn't even look that far into them when I knew about them. I just knew it was like a big change. Sure. And then I, yeah, I, I got interested in all the like, oh, wow, it can do this. Like, fully yeah. electric, that's crazy. All yeah. The, all these extra little things that like caught my attention. And, and you know, you said that when you sat in one that was kind of at the start, like early start of your career in this, was there stuff, and I guess are there still things that you pull from 
design concept wise when you were sitting in that car that you try to you know match or mirror onto the way that we think about websites going forward is that a fair statement yeah it's i i mean it's probably more question big yes. picture things that <laughs> big picture things that have like come from that like like why do we have to go to a website and see like like the amazon for like shopping like why yeah. do we need to do that and like filter through products and find the perfect one and look through reviews like why does it have to be that way why sure like what are, i've we've talked about this before with like the apple business chat that i found out they're working on it's sure. in, it's in beta right now but essentially you'll be able to text a company and like Wayfair or something for furniture and say, I need a couch. And then they'll send you like three styles and then yeah. pick, give you like a few options. And like, it can all happen through text. Like, right. So it's like taking something that we just accept is just how we have to do it because we've always sure. done it that way. Right. And, and just like flipping it upside down and making it a lot more convenient in a lot of ways. So in your adult life, so call it 20, 20 upwards, something like that. Mm -hmm. What is, what do you think has been the most transformative product that like truly changed how we do things, but, and then, but like it became commonplace. And I, I guess I'll start with it. Uh, I, I would say like an, a smartphone mm -hmm. in general, yeah. right? Cause all of a sudden that's like ubiquitous to me. And I just have the whole world at my fingertips and like that didn't exist until 10 years ago. Right. Right. Like, and that, right. That, like that's totally changed things. And I, and, that, that's one example there. But. For sure. And, and not only that, but the app store is fairly new. Like they, the iPhone existed right. in 2007, but the app store didn't exist for years sure. after that. And that's when this started to, it started to become like our main, like everyone has a smartphone and like there's an app for everything. Yeah. And there's right. a whole app economy. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. I, I mean, you know, uh, I guess to piggyback off that, Colin, to speak to my, uh, I, I would say... I've noticed a trend of like technologies that I would consider gimmicky like 30 years ago when they were first starting out. And I think you could put a lot of these things in that category. But things like virtual reality or 3D, like I remember, you know, seeing like a 3D movie when I was a kid or and being like, even as a child being like, well, this looks dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, or virtual reality, putting on like a helmet or something like that to like play a video game at an arcade or, you know, whatever. The early adoption, uh, adaptations of that were very primitive and looked phony and they kind of had like a kitschiness associated with them. But that technology has come so far and been made so much uh, cheaper that you can get, I, I mean, I'm using, I should say cheaper in quotes, uh, but like the something like an HTC Vive in terms of a VR thing for a computer. If you have a good enough computer that can run that, buy the system for let's say around like $500. And I've used it before, and uh, the the game that I played for it was walking around like the bottom, like a shipwreck boat on the bottom of the ocean. Like you're walking around it, and it felt so real, and it kind of threw me for a loop. And it, it it freaked me out a little bit because I remember playing this game, and I walked to the edge of this ship, and you could kind of look down and see like where there was clearly deeper water. And it gave me like an anxiety rush. Like I was actually on a, like really seeing that in real life. And it kind of freaked me out. Um, but, but with that, you know, th th these things are kind of becoming like more of a mainstay. You can get a VR attachment for a phone even, you know what I mean? I've seen like friends have that yeah. and that even looks remotely like mm -hmm. real, but it kind of freaks me out to talk about, I guess the, the positives, uh, negatives of this, that kids these days are, are growing up with that kind of being a norm. And so like, I'm very curious as to what the psychological effects are of a kid playing a VR game for like our, I mean, I remember playing, I'm sure we all do remember playing video games as a kid and playing, you know, crash bandicoot for eight hours in a, mm -hmm. in a night, but playing in that where you really feel like you're in it. And I wonder, I'm just curious how that's going to like affect their psychology. <laughs> if they stick sure. with those kind of things. Right. Because it's a real reaction. It's like real emotions and, and yeah. like like you said, anxiety looking over that. And if someone has like is in a spot where they uh, are kind of like stuck in a routine and then they experience this, they might want to just they're like, oh, this is this is better. Like I want to be in this more. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it almost like yeah, I could see it being 
getting to the point where it's so good that people just want to go home and do that right, instead. Right. And and with video games before, it was just a disconnect. So like you're holding a controller, looking at a screen, you can you get distracted, you look around. Sure. But if you're in this, you have the headsets on, you have the the camera on, you don't yeah. really know what's going on around you. It's taking you. up all of your senses. Yeah. Which is something that you never really had before. True. It's so immersive as an idea. I think that like you know, when I, when I think about everything, it's it's a lot of companies, their main goal and their stakeholders' goal is to get more users, right? And so every company has X strategy to kind of make you play this more, do this more, look at this more, be with us for a, a little bit longer, you know? And, you know, I'm kind of interested to hear your point because there's companies that have been out or former employees from major companies and brands that have come out after the fact and just say like, hey, you know, we're doing we're doing this just to make you more addicted to kind of doing this. And they're kind of like walking it back like you shouldn't do this because this is bad long term from your for your psychology and, and your health or whatever your social life is. So, I mean, if, if a brand wanted to kind of like implement implement like X tactic. Do you feel they should have some sort of like social responsibility to kind of make sure, you know, they're not over jeopardizing the health of an individual or, or user? Yeah, for sure. I think like my perspective and I think and somewhat because of that, like Mr. Smith's perspective would be um, effective advertising doesn't need to be evil. Right. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of fucking evil <laughs> to like use these patterns that like are truly reprogramming people's like dopamine centers and shit like that. Like, you know, and I, far be it, uh, we're not like to that level right now. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that, like research and, and, you know, gigantic budgets that go do that. But like, certainly I guess I think that's something of a dystopia right there. Like, like a reprogramming people, to like take advantage of like neural pathways that you carved a new wrinkle through some science magic mm-hmm. and then go get them to buy your widget just seems not the way things should go. So. For sure. And I think that like thinking about Facebook and Instagram, like I don't think they set out with this as their intention. They weren't right. like, oh, we're going to go sure. this far and affect people like on a psychological level. I think it kind of... The way they built it and the features they kept adding, the micro interactions to give you that dopamine hit, the, the likes and the, the little things like pokes just to yeah. give you that tiny hit that makes you want more. Um, I, th- I think it just keeps adding up. And at the same time, it's making them more money. And everyone that's sure. invested in it, they have a responsibility to. So it's finding that balance between like, okay, do we continue these addictive things or... Or like Instagram has the new feature where it says you're all caught up. Like, right. do we implement more of that stuff to give right. people like, okay, let's a breather. Right, right. Isn't there so the, the, this this dopamine hit of these micro interactions on social? Like, I'm fascinated by that because I think that when we're talking about that, it's it's assumed that we're talking about the hit that you as the content poster get yes. when someone gives you a thumbs up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's but there's. There's a secondary hit there of like me being able to interact with someone and keep a relationship going and right. pay them attention. And all I've got to do is click a thumbs up. Like, oh, right. I saw this. See, we're close still. And like, right. I get some satisfaction from that because all of a sudden I'm doing That's my true. job as, a, as like sure. it's a It's a microtransaction yeah. of feeling like, I did something good today. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. yeah right. right. Like I supported some, I gave someone yeah. attention today. I yeah. lived outside my own brain and gave someone else some attention. Sure. Right. And it literally took me half a fucking second right. to That's hit true. a thumbs up. Like, That's yeah. true. And, and there's been like research. I can't quote anything like specific. I, I have just heard that there's been studies saying that even commenting and like messaging through these things is not enough like on a sociological level it doesn't give us the satisfaction of like having an actual conversation even if it, like some sense feels like oh i did this but, right like, it's hollow yeah it, yeah it doesn't give us like that sociological need that we like have right. it doesn't it's, fully make up for it's that. made out of glass yeah you do that and it's so fragile when you do right that. it's not like it a just, real interaction just disappears it, it's after. also a little bit easier in some regard to to attain i feel like a lot of well i shouldn't say a lot of but some friends that i have that are maybe a little bit more like uh socially anxious let's say they they 
live on social media mm-hmm. and love to like, and they have their friends that are their social media friends or their internet friends or, you know, whatever those kind of things are. And it's nothing against those kind of concepts, but if stuff doesn't break that wall a little bit, yeah, like I, the, you're not getting I, what I feel like humans crave of actual like communication. But it, but maybe, but to a certain, you know, devil's advocate in it, like maybe they are because like anxiety, when you give yourself the separation of a screen, I think there's something to be said about how that separates you from your anxiety because all of a sudden, sure. yes, you're, you're, you're Devin behind that screen, but you're, you're the version of Devin that's behind the screen mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, wow, I'm hanging out with someone one-to-one. What if I trip? And they think I'm stupid. Sure, I say the wrong sure. thing right then and there. Right. Like, yeah. You have a few seconds to think before you respond. Yeah. It, allo- it allows being... you to be imperfect to yourself yeah. or, or take a risk, I guess, even. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like friends so, that make music or any of those kind of things, I guess I'm talking about, where they they wouldn't maybe have the ability to sit or uh, play in front of a crowd, but they can sit behind a computer and do their do a YouTube video or do a whatever because they feel more comfortable in that like controlled setting. Right. You know? Right. I don't know. I feel like for, for me, you know, I'll, I'll run into friends who I haven't seen in a long time. And, I, and to me, I feel like technology in a sense has diminished like the conversations you have uh, like in, in real life, you know, like you'll run into someone at the store or you haven't seen in a while. And it's always like, Hey, I saw you posted this. How was it? It's like, well, if I'm very, very active on social media, you've seen my whole trip, you know, you right. know what I did. So like, you're only asking me to ask me, you already know, you know, where I was, what I did, who I was with. So I feel like it's in some instances, like technology can, can hurt that discovery of like having that conversation. So like, you know, now I'm just conscious if I go away somewhere or partake in X activity, you know, I, I want to be there in a moment. You know, I was at a concert this week and, you know, someone was next to me and they were pretty much sending videos on uh, Instagram the whole time of the concert, not really paying attention to the concert. And then they would just go back and check how many people have watched that video. Yeah. I'm like, you spent money to go and, you know, your friends didn't. But yet you're giving them something that you paid for at a, at a severe discount. The discount of you missing the actual show, you know, because you're not going to go back and watch your own videos. That's just right. dumb, you know. Yeah, that so. is the funny part about it. And I catch myself doing it a lot, I feel, when I go to a show, especially if it's something like a very pivotal thing, like a, you know, like a, I don't know, a rare opportunity. Like, a, I think when I saw Radiohead a few years ago, I took like a bunch of videos. And after the fact, I was just like, why? Like, why did yeah, I really? Yeah. How many times have you watched them? Yeah, yeah right. I, yeah. I've watched maybe like one or two of them since recording them. But I'm like, why don't I just like sit there and really like be present? And I, I, I'm always curious about that of like, uh, I, I was talking to somebody here earlier today about this. But like being present is becoming this like growing, I used to say trend. But I feel like technology and stuff has made us really not present in a mm-hmm. moment and, and being part of something. And so there's this growing like trend of that, of really trying to be in a moment and, and push away from your phone. And I think stuff like Apple coming out with their screen time is probably something that you would like, I think we could all agree is pushes you to want to use your phone less, mm-hmm. hopefully, because I remember when that first came on my phone and I saw that I was using my phone like five hours a day. It's like, that's like a twenty percent of my life. I'm on a phone. That's kind of ridiculous, right? Right, right. Um, but you know, I'm curious with that. So, so we've talked about technology, and and I guess a little from a, a negative more so recently. But I'm curious in what ways, positive or negative, and I'll throw this your way, Devin. You know, with everything that we've talked about of companies trying to make users stay in their applications or pull off, as you said earlier. Uh, like what casinos do in some yeah. regard to make people stick around websites. What do you do to combat those kind of things? What do, are there intentional things that you do in web design to kind of make people feel maybe less tied <laughs> in, right. in a negative fashion? Well, I think websites are a little different because we just have, we have such a short amount of time that we need to like capture attention and it's not something generally that people will spend as much time sure. as they spend on Twitter with like endless scroll. But I think that's that's actually a good feature like for like a, a news site. Like I've, I'm sure you've seen that where you just, you, you finish the article, keep scrolling and it goes right to the next article. Right. So I think that's something that could be done 
to, to get people to spend less time on it. But obviously then you're selling less ads. Um, True. So it's, it's a big responsibility of like, like I said before, like the, the fiduciary responsibility of making money and also, okay, we, we need to also make sure we're thinking responsibly for our users. Um, yeah, from our, from our perspective, though, it's it's generally, um, you know, we're, we're trying to capture attention for a certain amount of time just to tell the story that we're trying to tell or, or sell the service or the product that we're trying to sell. So it's a little bit different than uh, these applications where you end up spending six hours a day. Yeah, um, for sure. Sure. Um, you know, so this past week, we all kind of took our turns uh, with the face app, right, doing our old person photo mm-hmm. pictures. And then uh, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but then an article came out that the creators of the app are, were like what? R- Russian? Russian based? developers. Yeah. Russia has my old face. They <laughs> 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 put in Russian propaganda. But since that story's come out, people are all like up in arms and like, oh my God, like I can't believe we use this thing. Do you think if that story came out beforehand that anyone would have given a shit? And still use the app, or is it just because everyone's used it now? I think the story, story came, came out, out and people are still using it with impunity. And anybody that used it on the front end without thinking that it was like somehow gonna have something like that is just sure. naive. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, do you guys freak out about that kind of stuff? Like companies having your information or photos, or I mean, like there's been so much. Uh, people become so reliant on these new technologies. Things like iCloud, how many iCloud breaches there have been of photos and myriads of other things. Do, do you guys freak out about that kind of stuff? Not really. I, I guess if it's something that I think, like I, I never feel like it's something that can affect me super negatively, which is probably also a little naive. Um, oh yeah, we got some ventilation in here. Yeah, I can hear that. That's fine. Keep going. Um, like like with the app, I think what people were freaking out, freaking out about was it the language was pretty aggressive in the terms and conditions. It was like yeah, forever irrevocable yeah. license to your face, like your face. But Ro- I think royalty free, yeah, because like that that idea of royalties, I think, is like that's sort of like this American dream thing. Like oh, you, I started a commercial and get paid for forever, right? Right. Like, yeah. right. yeah, I think ultimately. Um, I think that was basically saying like, oh, we could use this for promotion, like on our site, like old photos that people sure, upload. Sure. And, and there's also something like the the AI that works in the app can only work on their server, not on your phone. So they need to bring your photo over to their server. Interesting. Um, so I think there's like some weird things there where they kind of were required to have that language, but and it was a little aggressive when I read it, but. Um, yeah, I think ultimately they're just like, yeah, we want to use your photos for promotion. Sure. We need them on our servers. Yeah. I mean, I guess outside of FaceApp, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all do our banking digitally. I use five different applications to track, like, financial stuff. Mint, I have every single thing connected to that. But I feel like, I don't know if it's just our collective age. I know we're kind of in a, a little bit of a range there, but I feel like I just have some level of inherent trust of bigger systems, like bigger digital systems, that like stuff's not going to go wrong that often. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, um, as little as possible. I mean, that, like that. I, I think that's like a human nature, human instinct thing. Like, oh, this is big. It's publicly traded. People know about it. It must be good. Right. And this, I think this is probably beyond the scope of this particular podcast, but like that exact idea is like too big to fail, like Lehman Brothers. Right. Like that's not a technology example, but because they're so big, they need to be built out because otherwise the whole bottom falls out for everything because we need to think that some stuff is just inevitable. Sure. Right. Like Target, their (laughs) cash register went out for a few hours. That's a much better example for this. Like, yeah. What was the. The C, what was it? The the whole internet went out like a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, uh, the cloud Cloudflare. Cloudflare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cloudflare went down, which like half of the websites that anyone goes to like utilize that technology. Sure. And we couldn't go on any websites. Oh yeah, Twitter was down. Yeah. For like a few hours. Yeah. Which I have enough friends that are like uh, social media managers that were just like I remember the I, was it a few weeks ago or a few months ago like Instagram Facebook. Yeah. 
and Twitter were all down. How many for friends while. do you have that are social media managers? Actually, quite a bit. I have like how like many? Five to ten friends. Name them that all. Do that? I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. Name them all. Joe Smith, where John Johnson, <laughs> Joe Smith, Joe Smith Jr., Dale Johnson Smith. Yeah. <laughs> all my friends, social media managers. But do you think about that kind of field, like when those kind of things go down, like. You know, I, I don't know how much of it we we dealt with here when those kind of services go now, but you're reliant on that for, you know, part of your probably uh, world's strongest internet signal here in the Mister Smith office. <laughs> so never goes down. Never goes down. Well, I, well, I guess if if it was me and I was ex client, I guess I would take some comfort in knowing that a lot of other businesses are are down too. It's right. Not, it's not. It's not just you. Not not your business is down, but. I mean, yeah. it's still shitty regardless. And when it comes back up, there's a million memes about Twitter yeah. being down for a few hours and everyone was in their minds. I mean, so, like, people capitalize. I mean, on even it, us sure. in our office, when Slack goes down, you know, we're all just like, Slack, oh my God, like, even though we're like 10 feet away from one another, it's right. like Slack's down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the true, like, scary thing from that is, like, what if it's down? Mm-hmm. What if the grid is destroyed? What if, like, sure. Yeah. Like, Everything, we still have lights, we still have power, we still have energy, but like the, the communications grid of the internet goes down. Like right. it would devolve into chaos like almost immediately, even though by like standards all the way up to like nineteen ninety five we'd be just fine. But like that's <laughs> sure. it's, it's twenty nineteen now, so that's different. Oh, like, I would be lo- I would be useless. <laughs> yeah. I'd just go walk in the woods. Are you th- just, you're that reliant, you think, on, on technology? I definitely am. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah. I think what what technology do you use the most? That you're so relying on. I I don't know like howtokiss.com. Yeah, howtokiss.com. <laughs> howtohog.com. Because I see it in like yeah. I see it like technology is like you have your social media technology like you know you have technology to get you more engaged and to stay engaged. <laughs> howtohog.com is really fun. But you also have technology that's doing great things out out in the world like there's so there's so much more technology around like let's say like uh from the past 50 years on like heart transplant and like stents and that yeah, whole technology. Me- medical technology yeah medical technology has come a long way where like i don't see really any downside in that you know like sure. being able to I'm not talking about cloning but like you know heart and diabetes and like 3d modeling that stuff for like medical reasons sure. are, you know has done great things around the world um it so taxes it taxes the resource pool for the world people live longer there's there are a few i'm not this is like i don't really believe what i'm saying here but that but it is a, like somebody that was more equipped to make that argument than me could make that argument oh like, true uh, i mean people live longer yeah they use more resources is that yeah for, for sure but i'm just saying that, that's, like, a, that's a negative yeah yeah uh, air quotes, radio <laughs> podcast here. But. Camera's right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I feel like, you know, when we talk about technology, we have to kind of, I feel like you have to separate what the technology and what industry it's going to be for. You know, like, do I want the greatest advancements and weaponry weaponry in the world? You know, like, probably not. Is it worth it? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to make that call. But, like, do you ever think about who's making decisions and, like, how far technology can go? I mean, like, who's playing God, I guess, and, like, the, the, <laughs> yeah, this whole thing? And it's like, you know, do who's sanctioning people to get, like, robotic chips in their head to kind of control X, Y, and Z? Is like, I don't know. Is there someone out there, or organization out there that, you know, watches that or limits limits that? I don't know. Right. There, there's arguably no more human pursuit of, of knowledge, I guess, or, or of humanization than something like ethics. And all of this technology has ethics implications like that. Right. Like, yeah. That's really what it comes down to is at what point are we are we redefining what it means to be human? Right. And, and then sure. so, and once we redefine that, then I think that opens up a whole can of worms of like what the, the ethics that yeah. are in play. Like, yeah, and I think like technology advances exponentially. So laws that were put in place in like 1995 for yeah. like e- for yeah. technology, like ethics are yeah. just, they don't make sense anymore. Right. What's the, right. it's like Moore's law, like computing power doubles every two years or something yeah, like it's, that. It's, I, that's, yeah, that's not exactly right, but. I'll look it up. I thought it was uh, an exponential thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I'll look it up. Yeah. But either way, and, and that's actually been proven to be false, or, or it's starting to be false that we can't uh, be, 
because I'm an IT nerd, uh, that like they can't make transistors small enough to actually fulfill that and being true forever. It was true for a very long time, but at some point you just you can't make something smaller at least. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, uh, Devin, I feel like you and I talk. We talk about. I mean, I guess everyone here. Uh, we talk about Elon Musk a decent amount. We talk Skynet. About Skynet a lot. Uh, huge Terminator fans. Uh, well, that, well, that's my whole point. And it's like, it, it's corny and it's it's very like, you know, sci-fi, but like technology can go to its furthermost most point. And there's always going to be some resistance to kind of bring it back to where it was or how it used to, how it used to be. Like, no matter how great video games will be, there's always going to be that group of people who only want to play, play Nintendo Super Nintendo. You know, no matter how great Tesla is going to be, you know, people still want to drive, you know, a 1970s muscle car. You know what I mean? So it's like... But, sure. But with cars, I think it's, it's like driving a car is super different than listening to music. Because that that's that's interpersonal legislation at scale. Yeah. Yeah. So if every if ninety percent of the cars are self driving and you and your nineteen seventy muscle car are driving, where does liability come if an accident happens? That's Stuff true. like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. But yeah, that, to my point, who's gonna make that call? But I feel like I'm to, sorry. To, to, I mean, to your point, it's like, yeah, there's always gonna yeah, that's that's that that is different. Just like, you know, no matter how great my title premium sounds, you know, is it still going to give me the same feelings while I listen to old school vinyl? You know what I mean? Right. So it's sure it's always you're always going to have like you know the two sides of the coin there. But like who makes the call? What you have to follow this or you have to have this? Like Singapore, like you can't have a car, like uh, I forget you can't have a car that's more than ten years old. Like but, but cars are old. like cars are different. That, than that's what I mean. That's what I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing with yeah. you. So like yeah, like they made that call. That's law that you have. Like you can't drive a car that's been on a road for longer than ten years. And so, like, who's making that? Like, is that like a safety or environmental? Both. Yeah, I'm sure multiple safety factors, and uh, emissions. Emissions. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense with Singapore. Yeah, just, just overall, like, like at scale effect on things. Like, so, like me wanting to listen to a record doesn't do anything, but like me taking my own brain versus the brain of the hyper intelligent AI on the road is just a like a definitionally different thing. So, That's true. So like airplanes probably like like all that stuff, like I guess like if right now this doesn't exist at all. But if they developed a knife that like couldn't cut you, like at what point would that be mandated? Right? If if like enough, like at what? How many people a year are getting knife incidents that it's attacks on the healthcare system? And like and at some point it's like well, man, we just need to we need to mandate that you use this knife because you can't sure. get hurt with this. So right. Yeah, like right. right. And like that's that's kind of like a over the top example, but yeah. that's sort of where this lies in my mind. Yeah. But you have I mean to to kind of play a different side of this too. The, the, I mean I'm a huge believer in self-driving cars. I well, cannot for sure. wait until self-driving cars are here. I but, trust robots way more than I trust myself. Same. Yeah. But yeah. my but the first thing that they're going to be used for is things like semi truck like dry uh, professional drivers on the road that's me the first i mean it already is being used there there is the tesla semi that's already used in whatever you know ways so far but it's it follows that kind of concept but then you start into an idea of well how many you know my dad was a professional driver my dad drove had a commercials driver's license and drove trucks or whatever that's how he supported my brother and i and you know whatever um and so like your mom will screw her (laughs) (laughs) She That's worked. Not a, I, I'm, I'm just. I'm sorry. Um, no, but but like. Uh, <laughs> thanks, God. But you start to talk about those kind of things. How many jobs do you remove with the advancements of technology? Yeah, you know what I mean. As AI becomes more of a prolific thing, I mean, we even kind of can see it not directly in our industry, but you take things like a Squarespace and things along those lines, and it takes what Devin and I do and tries to turn it into this. AI driven automatic you know, yeah automatic thing of like well here's oh you're this kind of company well we've made based off of what you've told us here's your perfect website for what you should do and things along those lines and so as technology grows and you can see the positives of it how, you know you start to see those kind of societal negatives too i think luckily right? though i think mm-hmm. that ai it, although it can like learn the entirety of like existence in two weeks or something crazy like that it'll never be as strong at doing like our jobs as like like it's always strongest when it's paired with 
a human. So right. like if, for example, if we were using AI, if you were using AI to do code and like you said, oh, I need like a, a slider here and it goes through every slider that's ever existed and says, here's like the best way to do it. And, uh-huh. and, and like you have to like vet it and, and like do your own, put your own touch on it, but it still is searching through this huge database of like everything sure. that's ever existed. So like, like and me as a designer, it'll say like, we think that these are the best things, but I think you always need to have some input and then that will be the strongest. It can always learn faster than us, but we have like the, the emotion that it will never have. Um, and, and that empathetic look at things. I think that's a super optimistic viewpoint. And I, why would I doubt computing power to develop sentience in that way? Like it's super, I I think they're, they're going to have to be careful to (laughs) where it doesn't so that we don't become irrelevant. And well, right. I mean, that's like the question, man, we're, we're, we are, I mean, every moment in human history, you're getting closer to that, but really right now we are on the cusp of some insane, you talk about, I read an article earlier today about like Jeff Bezos wanting to make like human colonies that float in the sky because he thinks that the earth is going to be a wasteland. And so like humans have to figure out how to weigh a way to live in space. All these crazy things, okay. but they're like, but there's not just like a crazy idea. Like you're talking about a guy who has more money than anyone else on the planet. Who's putting billions of dollars into that idea and space travel and all these things are becoming and will in our collective lifetimes become a reality. I'll right? go to space. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the only things like... And this, How I, fast was my package coming if I'm in space? Ooh. Ooh. Good question. It's on the back of a jet. Sorry, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely worth <laughs> cutting Colin <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I think you could, you could easily, easily envision a scenario, like a future, wherein some of the ways that like in our entire lifetimes have been some of the hardest ways to like make money so yeah. like it's it's notorious that like restaurants fail right and like that there's going there could be and like if this information like ai continues to expand and I, I i don't i'm no expert in any of this obviously but like at some point the only thing that like can't be replicated is like soul like nutrition and soul so like Anything, anything that's going to feed you or give you water or make you drunk or, like, be art that touches your soul. And even that, I'm, I, I wouldn't bet against technology figuring out a way to do all of it. But I, I feel I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, that goes back to the point. It's like, you know, does everyone here want a self-driving car? Oh, for sure. I would. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you do in the car if you weren't driving it? Do we have like a, a a beep machine on this podcast or no? No. no. What were you gonna say? <laughs> I just was gonna, like, I was gonna swear very enthusiastically about how good of a time I would have. That's all. Uh, what would you do? But what would you, you do? Can swear. I don't care. What would you do in the car if you if you had to be in the passenger in the driver's seat and you you weren't driving? Sleep. Sl- well, sleep. Like catch up on. Like stuff that I don't want to do when I get to work, like go through emails, and so when I get to work, I can. So like, I get motion sick, so it's like not oh, as big of a yeah. benefit. Yeah, for me, that's. Like, um, I'm trying to think of that too because I I I can't read for too long of a time. I don't get like horribly motion sick, but my stomach starts to feel like garbage if I read while I'm like driving in a car. Sure. I would like watch. T- I would like watch TV. I'd be yeah. like hanging out on yeah. my couch in the car. You know, right. but yeah. you can like I don't know. Like I feel like. For me, like I was thinking about that when I saw the lady reading a book the other night. It's like, what would I be doing in the, in the driver's seat yeah, if I didn't have true. to drive? And it's like, sleep, but like, I'll, I can sleep out in my bed at home. I don't want to sleep in my car. Like sure. when I read, but like when I read, like in a more in a more comfortable spot. Like when I'm be able to read and where I'm not looking at headlights or like would I would it would it make my would it make any experiences more enjoyable if I could do it in that fifteen minutes of dry, of commuting or doing something else? You but know? that's that's found yeah. time though because like all of a sudden because you have that fifteen minutes in the car to sit on the couch and watch TV or read a book, then maybe I start fucking doing pottery at home because it's like well I'm gonna have my TV time on my commute into work so like I've got this found time That's I'm gonna pick but if you if like, you yeah. in, if you enjoy if you wanted to do pottery that much and you enjoy doing pottery you would find time to do that you but, know but this is literally found time that does not exist in society yeah right yeah I mean you're talking I have, about, an, I have an hour commute every day that's one hour every day I would get back that I could right. use in however I want like 
Yeah, I mean, you think of like the evolution of that over over time. Like, if you take it back, I don't know, like a couple hundred years ago, where you'd have to, I don't know, all the, the myriad of things that have now been replaced by you know incredible leaps and bounds in technology that don't take us the time to make your own butter or to, you know like crazy whatever stuff like that. Farming that's now done by you know several Land people. What was that? It's done by Lando Lakes. Lando Lakes. Butter. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm but I, I'm, I'm, picking, sorry. <laughs> I'm picking like ridiculous examples, and I haven't thought this through. But things like they're always adding more time into your day for you, allowed to like over time. We've been adding that. I think, yeah. I mean, watch TV, more, eat a breakfast. The more sandwich. things get automated, though, the more time we have to do what? Like, like what are you doing at that point? You know, if you're not if you're not driving, you're not cooking your own meals. You're not doing X because someone else is doing it. Then what the sure. hell are you doing? What are you doing at that point? True. You're literally like you're not doing. You're like not living. That, and that's what the most scary part is. Like you're freeing up all this time to to do what? Like but yeah. I, I, th- I think I, though like that's that's there's also beauty in that in that because it is truly possibility. You know, just ter- so like there's this the, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And like right now that's largely tied to like economic bases wherein like you've got certain like needs base living needs eat sleep shelter that you need to fulfill right. and then you move up this thing right. and, and they're more um they're, they're more for your soul i guess as you move up and so so like even yeah okay maybe they're the machines that automate cooking but because i but there's there are also machines that automate cleaning and and gardening or whatever else so i can still say i love cooking i'll still cook yeah, and I'll put I'll use all my robot time to do all this other stuff, and like I'll still cook. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. I mean, you know, to to go back to to something you had mentioned, Jared, like, you know, the guy who loves driving. There, I have friends who love going on road trips and love driving. I hate driving. Right. I detest driving. I do like cooking. I do actually like cleaning, to be honest. Yeah, and like, there's things that I even given the opportunity to be replaced by that kind of stuff. You know, if we're given the opportunity, I would some of those things I'd, I'd still want to do. But driving, if I was able, if they pass the legislation tomorrow in New York State that like, all right, you can, can I'd go out and like <laughs> immediately. I, 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 it's a thing that I don't like. It's a thing that I don't like the idea that people as not perfect creatures are in charge of these giant things made of metal that can and have killed so many people and caused horrible things, uh, especially here in Buffalo when it's winter and yada, 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 um, that I would love to eliminate that risk or thought of that in any possible way. Yeah, I I would use it, like, specifically, too. Like, I also enjoy cooking, but specific example, all my friends get together on Sundays and just hang out all day at the pool and stuff. And I all that's the day where I like make meals for the week and I go shopping. Yeah. So I never can do it. So like if I had the choice on that day to do it, that would be perfect. But sure. the rest of the week I would I would find a balance. Yeah. Uh, and I might if if I were to use it during the week, like maybe I would have another day to go like practice drums or like get good at something that I just haven't had the time to. So I think a lot of people would just do the op like and probably I would fall into this too, do the opposite where it's like, oh, I have all this time, I'm just going to sit around and be lazy. Yeah. But you could also use it in a positive way to... to there, there are a lot of different types of episodes of Law & Order out there that all need watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. 90 Day Fiance, that's, I'll watch that. Oh, oh okay. God. Cool. Yeah, I think I feel like we covered a lot of ground in this. For, for sure. Um, I'm trying to... I'll end with this. Okay. If you if you can make one process better through technology in the next 30 days, what would it be? Ooh. I would like to eliminate having to brush my teeth. Ooh, I'd, I like that one. I'd like to just like walk through like a chamber on my way into the bedroom and like have it just like sterilize my teeth and like never have to worry about that ever again. Very fair. Honestly, like cleaning for me. In Not general, yeah, like just around, like if I didn't have to do anything around the house somehow, yeah, do that and the dishes, please. Do you have a dishwasher? Yeah, still too much. Fair. I, I wasn't <laughs> like, oh, you got nothing to do. Uh, yeah. You gotta empty it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta rinse it beforehand and all that. I guess. Oh, yeah. I don't have a dishwasher either, so I'd probably be in that. Yeah. I like cleaning. Like I actually like tidying up my apartment and stuff like that. I hate doing dishes with the with 
yeah, I hate doing dishes a lot. So I'd probably be in that camp. But there's already a thing that does that, as we just kind of said. The dishwasher Could do it pretty much now. does. That's true. Could find something to do it better. I'm trying to think if there's... Yeah, there's a thing that does it better. My wife. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, I think we can close. Just Jer- kidding. Jer- I do the dishes. I do the dishes. <laughs> Internet. Internet. <laughs> Jared, Jared, do you have do you have one? Um, I actually like doing cooking and like the dishes because I I usually like I clean the kitchen before I cook and I clean again so yeah yeah put on music have some wine whatever I think the one thing that wine down yeah well I think the one thing that I think I will want mandated and if it is if you have a service based business I should it should be required that you have a website that I can book an appointment on like I hate the fact that like. For my doctor or dentist, I have to call and make an appointment. If I could just do it right online, yes, like I would, I would, I would go way more often. Super true. But like, I missed my last dentist appointment and I didn't call and like cancel. Now I feel super awkward to call and make an appointment because, oh, why didn't you come to the last appointment? And it's right. like I really don't have an excuse. I just didn't want to go. Sure. So now, like, I don't have made an appointment because. You know, um, you, you just you just chose not to go to an appointment. I just I don't know. I was probably running late for something, and it was it's all out in, in Williamsville. Colin is so offended yeah. by this yeah, that's mere awful. concept. Yeah. Uh, it's not awful. And, and I would say if you're uh, a business out there that is service based and you don't have a website that can do that, we can do it for you. We can do that. I would love <laughs> to do that. We integrate with all for literally of like every service that yeah. I use. That I, I none of them have websites where I can book any of these yeah. things. That would be great. And we will also automate your cooking. <laughs> we'll, take, mean, we'll take Colin over to, to do your dishes, yeah. too. <laughs> we can do all of this for a price range of from free to uh, $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. We really hope you enjoy it and uh, stick around and come back for the next one. Yeah. Really, really appreciate everyone kind of giving us our time on this platform. Please stay up to date with us. Follow us on Instagram at Mr. Smith Agency. Check out all of our work there. Also, visit our website, mrsmith.agency. Thanks, guys. Take care.